4: I need to play a little too much hero ball. It's a no brainer selection for Jacksonville. I believe he is a true
1: leader in every sense of the word.
5: I just fear for your fan base that that's what's going to happen.
6: You are listening to the ultimate mock draft 2021,
7: presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome to day two of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey as we take you through the first round of the NFL Draft and beyond. Brian Peacock here, NFL analyst, also host of Locked On 49ers and the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. My co-host for that podcast is, of course, former college and NFL scout and currently an analyst at Pro Football Network. Matt Williamson, and he is also right here alongside me hosting the Ultimate Mock Draft. We are continuing on with our Ultimate Mock Draft here with input from over 70 experts from our Locked On NFL and College channels, the Locked On NFL Draft shows, Draft Dudes, and our incredible lineup of Odyssey NFL insiders. And remember, when the NFL Draft rolls around on April 29th, we've got you covered there with a live Draft show featuring the draft network which you can watch on the locked on nfl youtube page and listen live on the odyssey app five picks are down we've got a ton more to go we've got picks six through 11 coming today if they're not traded that begins with the miami dolphins at number six detroit lions at seven carolina panthers coming up with the eight pick in this ultimate mock draft Denver Broncos at 9, Dallas Cowboys at 10, and New York Giants at 11. I know there have been some trade talks, though no trades have been consummated as of yet, Matt. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to these picks today. I think things can start to really shake up now that the first few picks have come and gone, and we know that there's still a couple of top 10 potential quarterbacks on the board.
5: Day one was great. You know, We gave all these listeners an idea of how we roll around here and what a production this thing really is and how many people get involved. But not a lot of surprises. You know, I think a a lot of the intrigue starts today. You know, I don't think there's a slam dunk for any of these teams of who they're going to take. And again, quarterbacks still are on the board. So there's going to be some
1: talks. Yeah, and I think that pick four with the Atlanta Falcons was huge. They went Kyle Pitts, yeah. not quarterback, and I don't think anybody expects necessarily to go quarterbacks one through five unless there's a couple of huge trades. Just, you know, that would be kind of absurd, but there's a lot of talk about all those quarterbacks. So you, you can't really say for certain that any number of these spots could be traded into or a team that's not completely, fully bought into their quarterback could go QB in any of these selections. I have a feeling, though, the fact that the Miami Dolphins moved out of pick three earlier in the month are now sitting at six that means they are not though in the market for a quarterback right
5: no i 100 percent agree but i bet there's a lot of locked on hosts out there that are in love with trey lance that are calling team after team trying to get up to, to grab him.
1: with that the pick is in number six miami dolphins the host of locked on dolphins and the draft dudes we've already heard from him in this mock kyle crabs with the selection at number six
2: Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins, and with the sixth pick in the Locked On 2021 mock draft, the Miami Dolphins select Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell. Waddle presents as an appealing fit for the Dolphins when taking into consideration the areas that the Dolphins offense struggled the most in 2020. The offense really struggled to create space after the catch, struggled to create separation, and struggled to create, ex- create explosive plays. All of those features will be addressed with the addition of Waddle to the offense, plus having previous working chemistry with Tuatangvaloa makes this the cherry on top and the right fit for the Dolphins. Waddle, with 4'2 speed, has the ability to add a component to the Dolphins' offense alongside free agent addition Will Fuller that can transform the Dolphins' passing game overnight and help create a lot more explosive plays. This
1: is fun, Matt, because the the evaluations for these wide receivers, particularly teammates from Alabama, and the guy who wins the Heisman Trophy when wide receivers never win the Heisman Trophy is the one that is not selected. And his teammate, the explosive Jalen Waddle, is the selection for Kyle Krabs and Locked on Dolphins at number six. Are you surprised by this selection?
5: Not a lot. I mean, I bet Kyle... Loves you know, the Bama connection, but I bet he would have love Chase or Pitts better, so it didn't exactly go to script. I'm sure Penny Sewell crossed his mind as well, but what Waddle brings to the table is just very rare. I mean, now you have Fuller and Waddle. I mean, you talk about having a tough time stacking the box to stop the run
1: with that speed. And we've talked about how there were some winners yesterday with quarterbacks Joe Burrow and... Matt Ryan. I would imagine Tua would be in that category today as well. And as our Odyssey expert from the Miami Herald, Armando Salguero, has already been busy in this one. Let's go to Armando with his thoughts on the sixth pick and Jalen Waddle, too, with the
8: Dolphins.
9: Jalen Waddle is one of the top playmakers in this draft, along with the same company as Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith. And the reason for that is despite his Relatively small size. He's 5'10 and 180 pounds. He has elite speed. His comparable, according to some scouts, is Tyreek Hill. So that tells you everything you need to know about his speed, and it manifests on the field. 11 of his 50 touchdown passes in his career went for 50 yards or more. He averaged 19.3 yards per punt return in his career. So speed is his game. Obviously, he had an ankle injury last year, and that derailed him for the season. But I would say that even that is a positive, according to some scouts, because Nick Saban, the coach at Alabama, expected him to be done when he said that the injury was a combination high ankle sprain and a fracture. Except that Jalen Waddell continued to work, continued to rehab and got back for the national championship game. That speaks to his work ethic. If the 2019 season was about hashtag tank for Tua, for the Miami Dolphins, then the 2021 draft needs to be about hashtag load up for Tua. Because the Dolphins need to help quarterback Tua Tangavailoa. They need to surround him with more playmakers, both on the outside at wide receiver, perhaps at tight end also, and definitely at running back. The Dolphins need to be able to maximize their quarterback by giving him help, to, to be very blunt. The way you do this is you need to add a running back. Look, the Dolphins' running back core right now in the running back room is about quantity. It, they have Miles Gaskins, Savan Ahmed. They have Patrick Laird. The highest pedigree of any of those players was a seventh-round pick, which is what Gaskin was in 2019. The Dolphins need to improve the pedigree. They need to improve the quality. And so they need to look at guys like a Najee Harris at number 18 in the first round. If they don't get Harris at number 18, maybe Javante Williams of North Carolina in the second round. It is about helping Tua, and that running game is going to play a role because last year the Dolphins averaged 3.9 yards per carry running the football, and that was 29th in the NFL. We are going to hear
1: now from Luke Robinson of Locked On Bama. This will not be the last time we hear from Luke. We'll be checking in often during this Ultimate Mock Draft. Luke Robinson on Jalen Waddle, the Alabama wide receiver, to the Miami Dolphins.
10: Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama. I want to tell you about Jalen Waddle right here. Maybe the most explosive player at Alabama since David Palmer, for those of you who are old enough to remember David the Deuce. Um... But uh, Jalen Waddle, just uh, incredibly explosive. If he gets a step on you, it's over. Uh, He's just got as much speed as he needs. It seems like whenever he needs to kick it up a notch, he can. As fast as he's going, he can still take it another level. He's also very elusive, and he's got fantastic hands. He's one of those guys that plays with a chip on his shoulder because he is a little bit undersized, but he's very, very strong. His hands are incredibly strong, and he wants the ball more than the defender. That's just the thing with him. He is very, very competitive. And um, on a a team that had NFL wide receivers all over it, uh, Jalen Waddle still had over 848 yards as a freshman. That tells you a little bit about him. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the NFL. All
1: right, Matt. After six selections in this draft, we've had all passers and pass catchers going on here. There's got to be some beef at some point in this draft, right? What's going on?
5: Yeah, it is interesting. That's certainly the strength of this draft, and there are the offensive line situation is deeper than usual. I think this lion situation is really interesting because to me, Penae Sewell's the the best guy on the board. He would have the highest grade, but we've seen a Bama receiver mock to them many different occasions, and boy, they could really use everything on defense too
1: they could use everything across the board which is why i think there might be some trade potential here we'll see if uh, matt Derry and locked on lions get something done before he goes on the clock but devontae smith waddles teammate at alabama would make a ton of sense you mentioned A sewell there and any of the defensive players and there's a few that could start to sneak into the conversation here in the top 10 but it uh, looks like there will not be a trade matt so we're gonna go with the detroit lions and matt Derry, the host of locked on lions on the clock at number seven.
11: It's Matt Derry, the host of the Locked On Lions podcast with the number seven pick in the first round of the NFL draft of our mock draft. The Detroit Lions select tackle Panay Sewell from Oregon. The Lions are looking at best player available at number seven. There may be opportunities for teams to trade up to seven to draft quarterback Trey Lance. If the Lions sit at seven, Sewell should be the choice. Will be a tough call for new general manager Brad Holmes. Does he take Sewell, the big tackle? or Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. There are some questions about Parsons' character off the field. And with culture a big issue now in Detroit, where the Lions are focusing on changing the culture, they go with the best player available, and that is Sewell. Also, he fits a need. The Lions need a right tackle. With Halapulavati Vaitai likely moving to right guard this year. Center, left guard, and left tackle taken care of for the Lions with Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, and certainly Taylor Decker. Sewell, a big physical tackle to complete that offensive line for Dan Campbell and company is the pick.
1: And it was the offensive tackle, Oregon left tackle, Penny Sewell, someone to protect Jared Goff's blind side. A quarterback could also have been in play here for yeah. the lions and i wouldn't have been shocked there if they wanted to go in that direction but it seems like they do like jared goff and they're going to give him some protection here and we'll see what kind of pass catchers and what kind of defense goes along with it but a lot of work to do and i think solidifying everything up front is probably a good way to start your rebuild for a franchise
5: yeah i mean i certainly would have been listening to offers with soul and lance on the board i'm sure calls came in but if you're going to roll with goff we know that he he he's protected. You know, I mean, he's a much different quarterback under pressure versus not. So if you're going to go that route, play to your quarterback's
1: strengths. Odyssey expert Mike Stone is standing by to break down this pick
12: of Penny Sewell to the Detroit Lions at number seven. Penny Sewell is almost 6'5 and weighs over 330 pounds, so he fits the role. The guy with dominant organ, and with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, he's probably the biggest no-brainer in this draft. He has the unique combination of both power and agility. His 40 time in his pro day was 5-1, which is not too shabby for a big guy. When you look at some of his tape, you marvel at his ability to hit multiple defenders on one play. He's a guy who both keeps his quarterback upright, just guess Justin Herbert, and creates real estate for the running game. Any team that gets him could have a pro ball lineman for at least a decade I know conventional wisdom thinks the Lions should fill bigger needs at wide receiver and on defense but Sewell would be a great selection for them if he was available with Taylor Decker on one side and Sewell the other Jared Goff would have no problem sleeping soundly before games imagine having quality tackles on either side I know most teams would love this situation unfortunately I don't think they will have that chance I love hearing from all
1: the hosts on the network on the NFL side, but especially the college side. Matt, Cindy Robinson has this pick locked on Pac-12, covering Penn soul and the Oregon Ducks. There, let's go to Cindy and find out how she feels about this selection and what kind of a player the Lions are getting in Penn soul Hey,
7: I'm Cindy, your new Locked On Pac-12 host, here to give you the rundown on left tackle Penn soul out of the University of Oregon. He's the top lineman in the draft measuring at 6'5", 331 pounds. While he sat out the 2020 season, he put up a dominant performance in 2019, earning him all types of awards, including the unanimous vote for first-team All-American, the Outland Trophy as the nation's top lineman, the Morris Trophy as the Pac-12's best lineman, and Polynesian College Football Player of the Year. ESPN analyst Todd Blacklist describes him as a player with a combo of brute strength and athleticism. In the running game, he's giving you physical toughness. And in the passing game, he's demonstrating competitiveness and length on the perimeter. Sewell likes to play physical. He's using his body type to his advantage. And on top of that, he's adding versatility to his game. He was a left tackle at Oregon. He's now training as a right tackle in case he joins a team with an already established left tackle. He's a starting caliber tackle or guard.
1: Now on the clock with the Carolina Panthers, Julian Council is standing by with that selection. When it is in at number eight, six and seven though are now in the books, and we have Jalen Waddle going to the Miami Dolphins and Penae Sewell to the Detroit Lions. Matt, how do you grade these two selections so far today?
5: Yeah, I, I like them. I think they both add up. They were a lot less predictable than the than the, the first handful of picks that we went through yesterday. So, you know, things are getting really interesting now with Carolina on the clock, two quarterbacks still looming. Um, eventually, we're going to see a defensive player drafted, I would imagine, but I think we're set to, to break that Champ Bailey record of last, you know, the, the latest uh, first defensive player comes off the board this
1: year. Carolina Panthers with the pick next.
0: What's going on, everybody? Trevor Sycama and Benjamin Solak here from Locked On NFL Draft. Here to recap the last two picks for you, we had Miami at number six overall get Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver from Alabama, and then for the Detroit Lions at seven, Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. Ben, let's start with Jalen Waddle. A couple words on him being the wide receiver that Miami gets at number six. So I like the fit. I think that when you
13: have uh, Devontae Parker, you have Preston Williams, you have Will Fuller. These are players you're comfortable putting on the outside uh, to run vertical routes down the field. Waddle gives you a guy who's lined up in the slot a lot at the college level and has been successful running a full route tree from the slot, including vertical routes. He's still going to be a downfield, field stretching guy. But you already have a lot of players you're willing to put in that route tree. Waddle will run a lot of your breaking routes. And for a quarterback like Tua Bailoa, who needs to be a little bit more of a, a short game anticipatory passer in the NFL than perhaps he can get away with at, at the college level. Waddle is very beneficial. His ball and hand ability is going to turn a lot of those shallow targets into explosive gains. Right. It is interesting that when the Dolphins traded up after the trade back with the Niners when they went from 12 to 6, most people thought it was with one guy in mind and that that guy was either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. In this situation, if both go off the board, it'd be very curious to see if the Dolphins are fine with that and just take one of the Alabama receivers or if they then try to move down when we get to the actual draft weekend.
0: Right. And then we have the Detroit Lions at number seven with Penny Sewell. I mean, we have Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle off the board, so they take the best player available, and I think that that's the right decision. So we often have an offensive weapon going to Detroit in the first round, but with those three guys off the board, go get the good offensive lineman. Go give yourself Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell two bookend offensive tackles to build the team around for the next couple of years. You know you're not competing right away. I think that Penny Sewell is absolutely the right pick here, and one that we're probably not making enough in a lot of our mock drafts that we're doing outside of this. So there we go. Six to seven in the books. Sam Darnold. Teddy Bridgewater, does that mean
1: that quarterback is no longer in play for the Panthers, Matt, at number 8?
5: Probably. Uh, I mean, Rashawn Slater's sitting there. Certainly, if, like, Pitts or Sewell would have fallen to him, I think you just immediately roll that out. But, man, I mean, consider where Carolina sat a month ago, and if you told them it would cost you the eighth pick this year, your second next year, and your fourth next year to solve your quarterback problem for the next 10 years, that would make some sense. I mean, they would take it in a heartbeat, right, if that was for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. So could the combination of Darnold and a rookie equal that? Maybe. You know, I
1: mean, I wouldn't fault them. Who would be the top defensive player if there was a defensive player to go here to Carolina at eight? Sertan, I think. Mm -hmm. Um Parsons
5: would make some sense, but I think you have to value corner more than a true linebacker.
1: You know how teams like the big men and the guys up front and those pass rushers? Can we see someone like Quiddy Pay sneak into this top 10 unexpectedly?
5: Yes, because his traits are so impressive. You know, that pass rushers generally go high. We know that. They're always a premium position. It only takes one to fall in love, and you could see why somebody would fall in love.
1: Well, a number of ways the Panthers could go here. Let's find out. Julian Council, the host of Locked on Panthers, with the pick.
14: I'm Julian Council, host of the Locked on Panthers podcast. And with the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select quarterback Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. I know I've been saying the last couple of weeks that it does not make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers to draft a quarterback at eight after trading this year's sixth round compensatory pick and next year's second and fourth round picks. To New York for the for Sam Darnold, the former third overall pick in the 2018 draft to be their quarterback this year, and the likelihood that they're going to pick up his fifth year option by May 3rd. I still feel that way. I made this pick before the Panthers made that trade, so I would probably not make this pick now, but I do understand why the Carolina Panthers would still go in this direction, getting rid of Teddy Bridgewater. You could have Sam Darnold be your starter this year and potentially again in 2022, or at least be an expensive backup if they do, in fact, exercise fifth year option again by May 3rd with $18.8 million fully given. Guarantee to Sam Darnold. Trey Lance is a guy who's only started 17 games in college, all at the FCS level, never played against a power five opponent, never even played against a group of five opponents. So he's a guy who could use a little bit of seasoning. He has the athleticism. He has the talent that would really work well in this Joe Brady offense if, you know, Joe Brady's still hanging around for the Carolina Panthers in 2022 or even 2023 when Trey Lance takes over the job. But Trey Lance, more likely, in my opinion, would be the quarterback of the future than Sam Darnold for the Carolina Panthers if he's sitting there at 8. <laughs>
1: It was the quarterback, Matt, Trey Lance. High upside, can sit and learn behind whoever the starter is, whether it's Bridgewater or Darnold in Carolina this year. And I think you kind of nailed it a minute ago when you talked about the total cost and the Panthers maybe saying, look, if somebody falls to us, maybe we'll draft a quarterback. And it turns out it's Trey Lance here, but we're not going to spend a whole bunch to move up. And in, in fact maybe hedging your bet a little bit in spending that second round draft pick on Sam Darnold instead of using it to try to move up in the draft to get a sort of an unknown quarterback and just let him fight it out. Bridgewater, Darnold, Lance, may the best guy win.
5: Yeah, and maybe you could trade one of these guys a year from now. You know, I mean, it, sort of a Jordan Love situation if Lance just sits and Darnold's awesome or if Lance blows you away in camp and an injury happens around the league, and maybe you call this team that's coming up, Denver, who's probably not very happy about this pick, and say, hey, you want Sam Darnold for next year, second? You know, okay, you know, so it doesn't mean you're done.
1: And it also doesn't mean that Teddy Bridgewater is even going to be on the roster, speaking of trades, even when the draft is over either. So that's True. also a possibility for this team. And then you're talking about Darnold being the placeholder and trying to fight off someone who's uh, even more talented than he was coming out in Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. It's a very interesting one there. Nobody in the industry, Matt, breaks down film in a more entertaining way than Brian Baldinger. Our Odyssey expert breaks down the selection of Trey Lance to the Carolina Panthers.
3: I would be concerned about Trey Lance's level of competition. And then I would be even more concerned, though, about starting just 17 games because I don't think he's played enough. And I think when I look at the top five quarterbacks. I don't have him ranked in front of anybody, in large part because of both of those scenarios. I think he's very raw. Obviously, he has a lot of talent. He's got a big arm. He's got good size, and he runs well. But the offense that he ran at North Dakota State was a perfect fit for his skills. It's a run-first mentality. It's a pro-style offense in that he's under center a lot. And because he is, there's a lot of play action, that he benefits from and like a lot of quarterbacks they can look pretty good when you get good play action and you get a real defined read of where to throw but when he doesn't get that he struggles and I think he'll struggle at the next level with it if Carolina drafts a quarterback with their eighth pick or moves up from eight to draft a quarterback I mean I think anybody with Joe Brady is going to benefit anybody with Matt Rule is going to benefit when you have Christian McCaffrey in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I mean, you got a lot of pieces, and an upgraded offensive line. You got a lot of pieces in place there. But I, I don't see any of these quarterbacks beating out Sam Darnold, outside of you know maybe Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I just think Sam Darnold is going to benefit from a fresh start. But if you just evaluate Sam Darnold's play at USC and then just three years of experience in the NFL, some of it good, some of it bad. I mean, I think he's learned from all of it. And I think Sam Darnold with weapons, a good system, and a good coach is going to be better than any quarterback coming out. Now, you can still draft your quarterback and see if they can develop, but I think it's the Sam Darnold's team right now.
1: The guys that locked on NFL Draft have had their eyes on these prospects all year long. When a lot of us are really focused on the NFL season, they're looking at college prospects and breaking them all down. Trevor Sykema. On the toolsy quarterback from north dakota state
0: hey everyone trevor sikama here from locked on nfl draft let's talk about north dakota state university quarterback trey lance now when a guy is going up against lower levels of competition you want to see him dominate right man did trey lance dominate he showed you that he has an nfl arm both with distance and velocity as well as man when he's in the open field with the ball in his hand he is a mac truck to bring down so he brings that added element to quarterback play as well The thing that impressed me most, though, how well he was able to see the defense as just a 19- and 20-year-old starter. That's extremely encouraging and makes for one heck of a quarterback to groom as the face of your franchise. Four quarterbacks off the
1: board, Matt. Denver Broncos on the clock at pick number nine. They did not trade up for a quarterback. One got snagged right in front of them. Would Trey Lance have been a pick for you here if he did fall to number nine for the Denver Broncos? And with Mac Jones still out there, could he be the selection at number nine?
5: Oh, Trey Lance would have been an easy pick. I would have sprinted to the podium to, to add Trey Lance to this equation, give Denver a really good young core, and probably would beat out Locke from the start. Now it's a little hairy. I mean, Denver's, uh, I Mac Jones to me isn't the real fit here. I mean, with the weather and wind and what you deal with in Denver late in the year, I need a stronger armed physical player. So they're a little bit in no man's land in nine. Maybe somebody would trade up the to get Mac Jones, hopefully, for them.
1: There's still every defensive player on the board for Cody Rourke to select here, the host of Lockdown Broncos, Rashawn uh, Slater, the best offensive lineman available here. There is Steele, the Heisman trophy-winning wide receiver Devontae Smith, although they are stacked at wide receiver, but he would have to be at the top of most teams' boards as far as best player available. So a number of directions that Cody could go. Let's go to Cody Rourke, the host of Locked On Broncos, with the pick at number nine in the Ultimate Mock Draft. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos, and with the
15: ninth overall pick in the 2021 Locked On NFL Mock Draft, the Denver Broncos, they select J.C. Horn, cornerback, out of South Carolina and this is a great addition for the Broncos for Vic Fangio and the defense. Despite the team's offseason moves in free agency of signing Ronald Darby to a three-year deal and Kyle Fuller to a one-year deal this move makes sense for the Broncos to go best player available and when you look at the long-term outlook at cornerback for Denver Kyle Fuller is here on a one-year deal Bryce Callahan's deal with the Broncos will be up after 2021 and Denver has to evaluate how they want to build in the future. This is a great pick for the Broncos with JC Horn who's athletic Measurables test off the charts. He's a fast, physical, and very smart cornerback that will fit very well in Vic Fangio's defensive scheme. Now, some of the other players we contemplated were Caleb Farley, but due to some concerns with his medicals opting out of last season, he recently had back surgery, even though the Broncos interviewed him in the pre-draft process, Uh, JC Horn seemed like the best pick for the organization at this time, especially in a tough AFC West division where they have to play Patrick Mahomes and all the receiving talent
1: that they do have. Okay, now we're starting to have some fun, Matt, going away from the consensus big board here. Cody going with the first defensive player in this mock draft and going with a cornerback and not the one who's consistently mocked number one in Patrick Sertan. No, going to South Carolina with J.C. Horn.
5: Yeah, and Denver did some things at corner already, including adding Fuller. I thought this might be Micah Parsons. You know, we, we often talk about how Vic Fangio Covered, covets a stud every down linebacker. I thought Slater might be somebody that would, you know, Mike Munchak would welcome with open arms, just put him somewhere on that line. And I would have guessed Sertain before Horn, but Horn is big, physical, nasty. I mean, a tremendous athlete. And his stock seems to be skyrocketing right now
1: absolutely skyrocketing and his Demeter the more you watch him I think the more you like JC Horn and his workout numbers were fantastic running you know sub four fours on certain watches with super long arms and and that physical attitude he brings to the position will chirp a little bit too which I think sometimes coaches do like when they see their DBs with that attitude and the way he plays so JC Horn going to the Broncos at nine Jason LaConfora with his thoughts on the selection
4: J.C. Horn is clearly one of the best corners in this class. Is he the best? I don't know. I think it depends on what type of defense you're going to play and what you expect him to do. He's not someone who excels naturally in run support. Vic Fangio usually wants a lot of that out of his corners, but certainly has the ability and coverage to play any scheme you want. His ability to blitz and get home doing so has to excite the Broncos. But personally, Patrick Sertain's a little bit bigger. I tend to favor that a little bit in my corners as well. And if the kid from Virginia Tech, fairly didn't have some of the medicals, I think you'd be hearing a lot more about him being the first corner taken. Regardless, J.C. Horn won't have to wait long to hear his name called, whether it's from the Broncos or someone else. The Denver Broncos, who have been searching For a starting caliber quarterback since Peyton Manning hit the wall. Well, yes, they absolutely should consider quarterback here. They should be very willing to move up to get a quarterback if necessary. And if they do, in fact, come away with a corner from this pick, it very well could be opportunity lost. I don't believe Justin Fields is ultimately going to slip that much. There are others out there who will tell you he might. Denver should absolutely be there. To break his fall, if in fact that is the case, even a Mac Jones, I suspect, would have some intrigue to them, as would Trey Lance. One of them, again, could very well be there. They're under new management anymore. This is not just John Elway and his evaluations of the position. And frankly, Elway has suffered to find someone to man the position. This new front office, by no means sold on Drew Locke. Yes, indeed, Denver better be and should be thinking about a quarterback here.
1: Chris Gordy actually covers the entire SEC so he's going to talk about this selection for the Broncos with J.C. Horn from South Carolina at number nine.
8: Hey guys, Chris Gordy here from Locked on SEC and talking about a South Carolina Gamecock today, J.C. Horn expected to be one of the top defensive backs taken in this draft. He was a three-year starter, only played in seven games this year in the SEC. He had a few teammates, decided to opt out after Will Muschamp was to let go. He did have two picks in that limited sample size this year, really good cover corner, could fit probably just about any scheme at the next level. He's got a good bloodline, good pedigree. He's the son of former Saints great wide receiver Joe Horn. In the NFL, look, you can never have enough good cover corners. J.C. Horn projects to be a really good one at the next level. He and Patrick Sertan out of Alabama, they're both going to go in the first round. He really can't go wrong with either of them, but I think Horn could be really, really good. Could be the highest draft of South Carolina Gamecock out of, uh, out of South Carolina since 2014 when Jadavian Clowney went number one overall. We'll keep an eye on J.C. Horn, see where he gets drafted in this year's draft.
14: Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Dudes podcast. We've got some fun picks to respond to here. First up, the Carolina Panthers at number eight. Despite trading for Sam Darnold, they go ahead and snag Trey Lance to add to this quarterback room. And I'll tell you what, it's definitely a hedge, right? If Sam Darnold doesn't work up, they picked up that fifth-year option, and um, it's kind of a two-year deal with Sam Darnold. and. What they're going to have to do at the end of two years is figure out what direction they want to go. And that could mean letting Sam Darnold walk because he didn't quite meet expectations. And if that's the case, they certainly have a guy that's talented in in Trey Lance that, you know, maybe isn't ready to play right away. And so it gives him the time to develop. And uh, I guess the real fascinating part of this pick is going to be what happens two years from now.
2: And you want to talk about hedges. The Denver Broncos, they bring in Kyle Fuller in free agency. They bring in Ronald Darby. Still drafting J.C. Horn, the corner out of South Carolina, to play in this Vic Fangio defense. And listen, there's no such thing as too many good corners. You're playing in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert looking like he is going to be a force to be reckoned with with the Chargers past catchers for years to come. So Denver, the identity of this team with a defensive-minded coach, rightfully so, is on that side of the football. And J.C. Horn is going to give the Broncos an extension that makes sure that even if you get guys banged up, Bryce Callahan has some issues with durability. Ronald Darby has some issues with durability. Regardless, with this addition, you are going to have the corners you need to handle or at least try to handle the firepower in the AFC West.
1: The Dallas Cowboys on the clock at pick 10. Marcus Mosher and Landon McCool standing by the hosts of Locked on Cowboys, a corner surprisingly selected at number nine. Cornerback is almost always the mock draft selection here that I see for the Cowboys at pick 10. And it's usually Patrick Sertan who was not the selection right in front of them. Could it be that maybe everybody secretly does like Horn more and Horn was stolen from the Cowboys here at pick 10?
5: Maybe. I mean, I could absolutely see grades being higher on Horn than Sertain. But, boy, Sertain's a safe prospect. You often see him mocked here, as you mentioned, to 10. Maybe th- those first nine or different guys off the board. But he's still sitting there. The dark horse for me, though, is Rashawn Slater. Because you look at Jerry Jones's career, he invests in offensive linemen. You know, how long is Tyron Smith going to be around? Slater could be a guard in the meantime. I mean, he likes having the best offensive line in the league.
1: So much work needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball, right? Dak Uh-oh. Prescott in tow, the passing game, the weapons that the Dallas Cowboys have. I got to believe there's a defensive player coming here. Let's see if they stay chalk with this selection. Marcus and Landon of Locked On Cowboys with the 10th pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft.
13: I am Marcus Mosier, joined by Landon McCool, and we are the host of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And with the 10th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Patrick Sertan Jr., cornerback, Alabama.
0: Yeah, it was. this is a pick that we have had written in pencil since October. It's not a surprise, especially once JC Horn came off the board and made the pick really easy. Cowboys pick another a starter. that go opposite Trayvon Diggs and uh, hopefully a long-term starter for the next 10 years.
13: Yeah, a day one starter for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's very similar to like a Marlon Humphrey coming out of Alabama a few years ago. Uh, A perfect fit of scheme in the the Dallas Cowboys. And now we turn our attention to the second round uh, where the Cowboys could potentially be trying to trade up to get back in at the first round to add some more premier defensive talent.
1: And it was the Alabama corner Patrick Sertan the second we saw his father play in the league so well for so long seemed like uh, the second version of Patrick Sertan was destined to be a top 10 pick and he does sneak into the top 10 here in our ultimate mock draft map.
5: Yeah, and uh, kind of a chalky pick as you mentioned, but a high quality player. I mean exactly what they need. This defense does need a lot. It's lacking in talent and also just made a lot of mental errors and mistakes last year. You would think that, that some that the latter would get cleaned up a little bit too.
1: I'm excited with our Odyssey experts. I love this and we've got the playmaker today, Michael Irvin joining us, Matt. This is pretty cool.
5: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hall of Fame, big time, awesome receiver that I was a big fan of growing up. Get you know, get his take
16: on this, that's awesome.
1: Let's go to Michael Irvin and his thoughts on his Dallas Cowboys selection. Patrick Sertan, number 10.
16: This is a great pickup for the Dallas Cowboys. Now they can pair Patrick Sertan II with Trayvon Diggs on the corner and have great corners for a long time. I asked Patrick Sertan about this on my podcast. He says they have had many conversations about in the corner for the Dallas Cowboys defense for years to come, him and Trayvon Diggs. Let me tell you, folks, the Dallas Cowboys need a lot of help on defense. It is always easier to find a guy that can get to the passer than it is to find a guy that can break up the pass. We can find guys to get to the quarterback. It's hard to find guys that can cover the wide receivers. Great pick for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Now with another breakdown of an Alabama prospect, this time Patrick Sertan, Luke Robinson of Locked On Bama with his thoughts on Sertan's career with the Crimson Tide.
10: Patrick Sertan from the University of Alabama, of course, the son of uh, Patrick Sertan Sr. And um, he's a great, great player. He's going to be a shutdown corner in the NFL for a long time to come. And uh, he's just the kind of guy that just doesn't give up any catches. He he doesn't take any plays off either. That's what's so interesting about him. I think defensive backs can get bored. When, play, when quarterbacks decide not to throw in their direction. Sertan just always was ready. Whenever somebody did uh, have the cojones to throw it in his direction, it seemed like something good happened in terms of he would uh, have a pick six. Now, he did get beat for a touchdown against Florida in the SEC championship game, but it was just a, a perfect pass and a great play by the receiver, and sometimes uh, the, the receiver is just going to make a good play too. But those, those kind of moments – we're far and few between when you're talking about a defender uh, the caliber of Patrick Sertan. He's going to have at least the, the kind of career his father had, and I, I eventually believe he will surpass uh, his father in terms of NFL greatness.
1: Let's finish up day two of our ultimate mock draft, Matt, with the New York Giants, who are standing by with the 11th pick in this draft. Patricia Trena, the host of Locked On Giants, has some decisions to make. Do you go wide receiver? Do you go offensive line? I mean, it's probably going to be really hard to pass on somebody like Devontae Smith here, but they did work in free agency at wide receiver. It would seem that the need there is gone, but you can always help out your your young quarterbacks if Daniel Jones is indeed their guy. Mac Jones is still out there. I don't know if you, you double up on Jones's at quarterback. What direction do you see the Giants going here at pick eleven?
5: I mean, Devontae Smith is probably the highest graded player by most that are still out there. Rashawn Slater would certainly fill a need, though. I mean, they went tackle the first round last year. Slater could be a tackle or guard. Frankly, Slater might be their best offensive lineman the second that he put on blue. But we also know this team needs edge pass rush, and they always covet big guys. You know, I mean, going back to the Parcells days, I mean, this organization loves bringing in big people. Would they love a Rousseau or a Pay or somebody like that? I mean, I think that's not off the board for them.
1: Let's find out who Patricia selects for the New York Giants at 11, the host of Locked on Giants, with the selection.
6: What's good, Giant fans? Patricia Traynor, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And with the number 11 pick in the NFL draft, I have the New York Giants selecting Northwestern offensive lineman Rashawn Slater. Now, this was a tough one here. I really wanted to trade down in this draft. I really wanted to draw from number 11 down to maybe around number 20. Didn't get any offers. And the reason why I wanted to trade down was because Kyle Pitts was off the board. Jamar Chase was off the board. uh, Jalen Waddell was off the board. So three players that I maybe would have considered at number 11, had they been there, all gone. So that said, I look at the Giants offensive line. They didn't really add too much to the offensive line in free agency, just some really depth players but I'm looking ahead. And in Rashawn Slater, they have a guy who can play both left tackle and right tackle. He's predominantly a right tackle, but he's also projected to play inside at right guard. Now, obviously if you pick offensive lineman at number one, the idea is to get him in there and have him start from day one, if at all possible. I do think that if the Giants go with Rashawn Slater, that is certainly a possibility. And, um, you know, I could have picked Micah Parsons of Penn State at that spot. I do believe the Giants will be able to get an edge rusher in the second round of the draft. There's a couple of guys I'm eyeballing that uh, they might be able to fit there. So, again, my pick for the Giants at number 11, Rashawn Slater, Northwestern offensive lineman.
1: And it is the offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. The selection at number 11 by Patricia for the New York Giants. And, you know, kind of need meets value here, I think, with this selection. You mentioned how the New York Giants, they love big people. So absolutely, I could see this being the pick here at 11 for the Giants.
5: That's what I would have done as well. I mean, with all respect to Devontae Smith, that you just signed a Galladay. Um, You want to make Daniel Jones' life as easy as possible. Saquon Barkley's coming back. I mean, how many times has he been hit behind the line of scrimmage in his career as well? Slater's a great player, and there's going to be some spot for this for him, hopefully for a very long time, on Big Blue's offensive line.
1: Well, you know who played against the New York Giants quite a bit in his career is Michael Irvin. We just heard from him talking about the Dallas Cowboys pick. Let's go back to the playmaker on the New York Giants' selection of Slater at 11.
16: This is a good pick for the New York Giants. The Giants have Saquon Barkley returning. They need to solidify that offensive line and give Daniel Jones more weapons. This is about attitude. And I love the attitude that head coach Joe Judge Judge is putting down for the New York Giants. With this pick and a little bit more help, this giant football team, will not be waiting on the last day for another team to lose to get in the playoffs. They will make a huge step forward towards making the playoffs. Big Ten
1: in the house now. Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten to break down the player and person that is Rashawn Slater from Northwestern.
14: I'm Ben Stevens from the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Despite opting out of the 2020 Big Ten football season, Northwestern's where Sean Slater is still one of the top offensive line prospects in the entire 2021 NFL Draft. One of the main reasons for that, the versatility Slater presents to play multiple positions along the offensive line in the NFL. He played mostly tackle during his time in college in Evanston, Illinois for the Northwestern Wildcats, but can play multiple spots along the offensive line. He's functionally athletic, he has very sound fundamentals because of that and the flexibility he presents at whatever position he might be slotted in in the National Football League I believe Rashawn Slater will be a day one starter in the NFL who will have a long and successful NFL career
0: hey everybody Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak back with you again to recap picks 10 and 11 where the Dallas Cowboys took Patrick Sertan and the New York Giants took Rashawn Slater Ben 10 with Dallas, Patrick Sertan. I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot on our podcast. This feels like the obvious pick, and so I'll have you say a couple of words about that, but I really want to get to Rayshon Slater with the Giants at 11.
13: Yeah, right. Patrick Sertan to the the Cowboys is very chalky. I think that J.C. Horn, the corner out of South Carolina, is also a conversation here, but they're in desperate need of a potential corner one. Uh, he has that profile, and in this case, with J.C. Horn going one pick ahead, all right, this is probably the guy we were going to take anyways. He's a great scheme fit for Dan Quinn in a cover three system.
0: Send it home. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And then if we get to 11 with the New York Giants, you know, we, we often, again, have them going. Playmaker, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. Sometimes we got edge rusher. Sometimes they're getting a little spicy. I don't know, Jalen Phillips, Quidi Pei, Zizo Ojalari But Rayshawn Slater, if they're sticking here at number 11... I feel like this could be a great pick for him. This is an offensive line that still needs their upgrades. And when it comes to making this team exactly what it needs to be to properly judge Daniel Jones in uh, in, in what is going to be a very crucial year for him, maybe sure should the offensive line is, is keeping him upright. That's a major part of the job that I feel like we often overlook. So Kevin Zeitler's on his way out. You get to plug Rayshon Slater right in there. Maybe he's got a future at offensive tackle. Whatever it is, gives the Giants a lot of versatility. This also definitely feels like a Dave Gettleman kind of pick so could totally see it happening
1: okay big day two here some surprises and I think setting up some more fireworks for day three of this ultimate mock draft Matt and the Philadelphia Eagles next on the clock tomorrow with pick 12 but six through 11 here let's go back over it really quick and who we think the winners and losers of day two are in this mock the Miami Dolphins going with Jalen Waddle Penny Sewell seven to the Detroit Lions Trey Lance, pick eight to the Carolina Panthers. Quarterback four off the board. J.C. Horn, corner one, surprisingly, two. The Denver Broncos at nine. Back-to-back corners with Patrick Sertan going to ten. And the Dallas Cowboys and Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman from Northwestern to the New York Giants at 11, who are the big winners and losers in
0: this one.
5: I think Denver could be a loser just watching Trey Lance almost fall to them. You know, one pick away from right in front of them, they could have grabbed him. I think that stings a little bit, but they got a good player, of course. And then I think three quarterbacks are distinct winners. You know, we just recently talked about Daniel Jones. I think he's a winner of this draft as well as the offseason, you know, Barkley returned, Galladay. I mean, they are it's it's put up or shut up time for Jones. Yeah, good point. I think yeah, you know, I think Tua getting reunited with Waddle is absolutely a winner for him too, and another deep threat. But how about Jared Goff? You know, not only did they not take a quarterback, but they got him protection, which he
1: desperately needed. Yeah, the two teams that not only does a young quarterback get an offensive lineman, but they still get to stay the quarterback of that team for a while and are the no-doubt starters for one more season. And you know how fleeting that can be in the NFL. So we'll find out in the 2022 Ultimate Mock Draft if those quarterbacks are getting replaced. But not yet for Jared Goff and Daniel Jones. And they, they deserve their shot there. So they get an offensive yeah. lineman up front to help them out. Um. Yeah, I come back to the Broncos. Could they have traded up a little bit to go get a high upside passer like Trey Lance? Because I, Matt, I think you and I both agree that we are not sold on Drew Locke as that quarterback for Denver.
5: I'm not at all sold on Drew Locke. And all of a sudden, if you don't get that 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 quarterback in the draft, a Lance, somebody along those lines, you're calling Carolina probably for Teddy Bridgewater, which I'm not sure is much better. You know, you get much very conservative then on offense. So I would really like to see Denver land what I consider one of the top four quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think Mac Jones is a particular fit there, but that's not going to be easy to pull off.
1: And how about that? How about Carolina playing the draft game, spending resources on Sam Darnold might save them from spending extra resources on the quarterback they didn't have to spend on so they could hold their water, stay back at eight and draft a quarterback there and then maybe even force a team to have a needed quarterback to come talk to them about Teddy Bridgewater. So win, win, win all around there. If you're Carolina, if it does fall this way.
5: Right. I mean, you may have fixed your quarterback problem in a big way without really spending all that much over the course of two drafts and you're going to get something probably for bridgewater maybe not a ton and you know the analytics folks will tell you drafting a quarterback is never a bad idea i mean it's not an asset that depreciates
1: still one quarterback that's been talked about as a top 10 potential pick in mac jones still available His Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver Devontae Smith still out there for potentially the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 12 or beyond. And every defensive lineman in this draft is still on the board as we approach pick 12 tomorrow. I can't wait to see who the picks are. We'll be back with Odyssey experts and the rest of the crew from the Locked On Podcast Network on day three of the
8: Ultimate Box Draft 2021.